The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. My guest on this episode of The Adventure Jogger, an ultra runner and an author. You know him for the books Nowhere Near First and Into the Furnace. His new book is called Stronger Than the Dark, exploring the intimate relationship between running and depression. It's available right now wherever you get books. If you're old school and you get them at a bookstore, if you're new school and you send Jeff Bezos money, it's available right now. Corey Reese is my guest on this episode of The Adventure hey, Jogger. Welcome, Corey. How you doing, Ryan? Good I'm to doing, talk to you. It's great to talk to you as well, Corey. Uh, I did read the book. It is fantastic. But before we get into the new book, I always like to give my guests who've been on for the first time kind of a chance to to describe and share their running story. Everybody, like I say a million times, finds this sport in a million different ways. What brought Corey Reese to the world of ultra running? I, I'm a late bloomer. I, I ran my first marathon in 2009 and you know, it's, it's, um, addictive. You, you get into the community and the environment. You, it, it was a good time and, and a horrible time at the same time. You know how that goes. And so I just ran a bunch of marathons for a while and, um, discovered, trail running after a few years and really never looked back once i once i met a trail i that's that's where my heart was so i just kind of looked at ultra running like well that's just an opportunity to be out on the trail all day that sounds awesome sign me up what, so what was it, it though, it's Corey? a little more it, yeah there, there's uh, more difficult to it. than just hanging out on the trail all day but exactly there's there's more to it than that but what brought you to the to the marathon world was it a you know middle age i need to get in shape were you always a runner or what brought you to to marathons i've i've never been a runner i live in st george utah yeah and the st george marathon is huge in our state mm-hmm. and so every year i would see articles in the newspaper the day after the marathon and you know it was inspiring and yeah. awesome and yeah. pretty pictures and i thought okay next year i'm i'm gonna do that i need to do that yeah and so i i did some like started briefly training for a few years and just kept getting injured so it I think it took maybe three years before I finally was able to run it the first time. And yeah, it really was just the local newspaper, just seeing stories about it. And just, I just couldn't wrap my brain around the fact that a human being is capable of running 26.2 miles. That's insane. Oh, it is. But, and then later in life, little did Corey Reese at that point know well, if you think 26.2 miles is impressive, man, oh man, is there a world out there for you uh, ready to explore? You said you found trails. Was it was it a runner in a, in a running group? It's kind of like, hey, Corey, if you're loving this road stuff, I think you really might like this trail stuff. Yeah, I have a friend named Tom who is an amazing runner, and he he invited me to go out on a trail run with him, and he's, he's really fast. And I, I thought, 
this is not uh, no i don't want to <laughs> there's no way i can keep up with you for half a mile and so i said tom i i don't think that's a good idea i i can't go run a trail with you i'm very slow you're very fast he said no no it's fine it's fine just come and so finally i agreed if i said i'll start i'll start with you if you promise to leave me like i i can get going you go run your pace and then if you want to come back after pick me up you can like i'll be straggling way far behind right right so that's what that's what we did and he he left me after like i I begged him to leave me after a mile or two because i was so slow but then just being out there alone and not seeing another human being Mm -hmm. and and seeing the the leaves blow and the mesa right there this amazing scenery i I was sold race-wise at some point you realize this is not just something that tom does for fun there's a whole lot of weirdos out there, just like Tom. Uh, when when did you discover your first ultra marathon, and what was it? Um, it's so funny. He, you reminded me after on our way home from this trail run. Yeah, it, it, Tom said, "Did you know there's there's hundred mile races?" And I thought that that is crazy. Um, so of course google when i get home and start looking around but i i think it was still a year or two after that um my first hundred miler was the javelina hundred in arizona and it was it was actually just a perfect first hundred that that race is so well run Mm -hmm. and the course is pretty and um it's it's a good beginner friendly race yeah um yeah it was it was life-changing did you make the jump straight from road marathons to 100 milers or were there any like 50Ks, 50 milers, 100Ks in the middle? I did, I think, I, I, re, I did 150K and it was horrible. And then I signed up to do, my first 100 miler was supposed to be a race called um, Antelope Island. Let's see, buff, no, sorry. It's on Antelope Island. Okay. Called the Buffalo Run 100. Yeah. So I was signed up to do it and I, it, it was kind of a last minute thing. Like I, I signed up for the 50 miler yeah. and thought, um, Oh, that, that I'm feeling pretty good. I can probably run a hundred. So I, I bumped up to the hundred miler like a week before, which is in <laughs> retrospect, really, really dumb. But the day before, um, the day we were going to leave to drive up to the race, my wife fell and broke both of her elbows. And so shocker you you can't do anything with two broken elbows like (laughs) you can do nothing with two broken elbows i mean nothing so needless to say i didn't run 100 miles or 50 miles that weekend but i did go back i think the next year and run 50 and then ended up running the 100 miler there a couple years but i think if antelope island i've been there it's it's in the it's in the, the the great salt lake in there it's a little island there it yep. smells that must add the, a layer of difficulty to not only are you dealing with the sun beating down on you and the fact that you're running an ultra marathon antelope island has a distinct smell to it it does yep yeah it, yeah 
I, I earn brownie points for that, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I think for, so. For running there with with the bugs and the, yes. the buffaloes. And the, yes, you get yeah. hardcore points, Corey, uh, for running that race because okay. that that's a, that's a layer of difficulty. This Tennessee boy will go out there and I just the entire time be like, it's it smells. This is worse than roadkill because it yeah. does have that <laughs> that distinct smell to it. At some point, Corey, you know, you start exploring the, these these ultra marathons, start doing these races, and you're finishing and you're enjoying life. You decide Dean Carnassus isn't going to be the only one writing books from the ultra marathon world. I'm going to start writing books. How did that all go down? Well. When I first got into running, I think I think everyone's like this. You just you just want to dive into everything. Mm-hmm. You want to read every magazine, every book, and and I did that, and I loved all the books. Um, I just kind of noticed that most of the books were coming from like the elite athletes, which yeah. are a huge inspiration. Yeah. I, I look up to them so much, but I felt like there was there's also a lot of really crappy runners or um people who are just like doing it just for fun right and there's there's the demographic that i think they're interested in running too yeah because you know you're right you get inspired you get inspired by the by the elites right and i mean who didn't love ultra marathon man you read that book and the the you know you you put it down you want to go out for a run but there's so many stories in other portions of the pack. And I think we're kind of kindred spirits in that, Corey, that yes, I do interview Carl Meltzer and Andy Jones-Wilkins, but I like to interview guys like Joseph Bears, who was on last week, who is a middle-of-the-pack runner because there's a lot of great stories from middle-of-the-pack runners that just and back-of-the-pack runners that just don't get shared because yeah. it's not glorious, it's not sexy, you know, everybody wants the big names, but I'll tell you what, in my experience... Sometimes the big names don't have the stories to share like the people that are in the middle or the back of the pack that you know are working a full-time job and have kids and have to work this hobby into so much and they give up so much uh, for, for this hobby. So it's not just, you know, if they, if they don't finish this 100 miles, they're not worried about the sponsors being mad. You know, they're not worried about getting a call from yeah. the CEO of North Face saying like, well, nah, you didn't do very well on that one. You got to turn in your kit. They're worried about, my God, I gave up how many Saturdays at a soccer game, how many nights on the couch watching TV with my wife to train for this thing to see what I'm made of. I almost think there's more on the line when you are in that middle of the back of the pack because you give up so much personally there's so much of your of of your life in that race that finishing you you have to there's the pressure to finish totally and and i think there's there's something about finishing a race toward the middle or back that those elite fast runners don't understand like you have to have extreme athleticism to finish a, a race mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. But it is a different ballpark to like, okay, that's so awesome that you finished in 16 or 17 hours. Right. Imagine being out here for 32 hours. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's really hard. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think I, I have this fantasy. I've talked to Amy Clark, who's the, um, 
editor of Ultra Running Magazine. And, yeah. Um, I've, I've told her one story that I think would be really cool sometime is to um, have an elite or a fast runner um, do a hundred miler with me and, and stay with me so that they could see what that's like from the back. I think it would be really hard. God, Corey, we're the same damn person. The other day I had a, a very similar idea. It was based on the, uh, on the TV show undercover boss. Have you watched undercover boss? Oh yeah. 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 I, I don't know how at this point when you're at work, and there's cameras there and there's a new employee who's got really bad glasses and bad hair that you don't suspect that that's the CEO. Everyone's still surprised like, oh, my God, you're the CEO. Well, what did you think was going on? But anyway, I wanted to do an undercover runner, right, where you get like uh, some elite level runner like Pat Reagan, for example. I, I, I know Pat, so he, he, he responds to my calls. If I asked Walmsley, he's never responded to my, my email. Yeah. So I, I, that's not work. But I thought like, okay, we're going to dye Pat's hair. We're going to shave off the mustache. We're going to get rid of the Hoka kit and get him like a, um, like a, like a local 5K shirt and some basketball shorts. And we're going to have Pat Reagan run under the name Rat Pagan. And he's going, to, he's going to do a race as an undercover runner and experience what that life is like in the middle and back of the pack. Like, Pat, listen, you can't run these freaking six-minute miles. You need to be running 16-minute miles. And just yes. hang out back there and give us that perspective. Because let's be honest, Corey, we're getting way more of our money's worth than those guys. That's right. <laughs> exactly. They don't know what they're missing. <laughs> they could run the race twice in the time it takes us to do it once. I know. And you think, though, here's the problem. They're going to have so much fun, no one's going to want to win anymore. So if we do this thing, yeah, Pat's going to be like, listen, I had so much fun back there. I met all these wonderful people. We, we talked. You know, I had so much fun. I'm never, I'm never gonna gonna run for the uh, for the W again. So we may, we may do an undercover runner. Maybe Corey, you and I can coordinate that okay. or something. Yeah, but yeah. I, God, that would be the. Wouldn't that be the greatest experience that would ever? Be epic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that needs to happen. It does. It really is. We're going to talk. Let's have our people talk after this, Corey. Okay. This is going to be a Corey Reese adventure jogger dream team up with Trail Runner Magazine. We're going to make this happen. Or you can just run with it and just forget about the guy you did that podcast with that one time in June. I won't be mad Perfect. at you. <laughs> undercover boss i love it <laughs> so so cory your first book nowhere near first which is really i mean it's, it's that stories of the middle and the back of the pack and experiencing ultra running from that direction what was it like what was the process of putting that together well i i never even had that in the back of my mind and then my friend steve hooper owns the local running store here and he he was always badgering me like Corey you've been writing I, I wrote a blog for years and years before yeah. that and he said you just you need to write a book you've you've done the blog for so long you've got the stories and I'm like Steve no I don't I don't know anything about that yeah so the thing that opened my mind was he said well you can look and, and see what stories people are interested in. Like, what are people clicking on? Yeah. So use that to like kind of build a book off of. And I thought, okay, that makes sense. The problem is that on my blog, I, I used a lot of pictures to tell stories. I like to 
take pictures. And so with a book, you have to use words. Right. So I, I took some of those stories from blogs and, and kind of built them up and um, used some of them kind of as a skeleton to build stuff around and, and just went with it and released it. And um, I, I was not expecting the response that I got from it. I, I've just been really um, thankful. Uh, Corey, once again, we're the same damn person. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, why we've been separated by thousands of miles of, of, of geography. Lost twins. Exactly. Because we would be we would be best of friends. We lived closer together because it was it was my friend who also owns a running store who said you need to start a podcast. It's these friends that own running stores. They're dangerous. <laughs> it had to have been interesting to you you type all this this out right so you know you're sitting at the at the computer and you're typing out these thoughts and then you know going through the process of finding someone to release this book i mean you you pour your heart and soul into something and then you know to have you know to send it out and be like okay how are we going to get how are we going to get this thing in people's hands i'm sure you heard no a bunch of times and then you finally heard a yes that's that's an interesting story. I so I wrote everything up, and then I have this friend. Her name is Jill Homer. She also has had a blog forever, but also has a bunch of amazing books. She's a mountain biker. Yeah. So she she's rode like the Continental Divide, just crazy stuff. And and I I really love her books. So I talked to Jill when I had a book in mind, and she said, um, "You." you can go like try and find a traditional publisher and do the, do the normal book thing, but you've been doing your blog for quite a while and you have a, you have a a following a group of people who read your stuff. You could just self publish it. Mm -hmm. And Amazon has this program where you just put everything on there and away it goes. Amazon prints them and sells them. They put them on, Kindle, all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so she said, I really think you should do it that way. Then you then you keep control of everything. So that's what I did for the first one. I didn't I didn't even send it out to anyone. So you didn't hear no. No. You didn't have to face rejection, Corey. <laughs> I know that I would have <laughs> if I had sent it out. <laughs> I know that people would have been like, eh. You're you're way too slow. You're, Listen, you're, Corey, we checked out your ultra sign up stats, and you can't keep up with Carnassus. Okay, no, we, we're not gonna no. we're not gonna publish this book no. until you speed up a little bit. Nobody wants to hear from some guy finishing in twice the time it takes right. the, the the winners to finish. Thanks, thanks, yep. but no thanks, Reese. We'll get back to you. Don't call us. We'll call you. But then you start seeing you have full control of this, right? And you see that people are in fact buying this book. And people yeah. are, in fact, downloading it and they're reading it. Yeah. That, that had to be kind of a cool experience to start seeing people, you know, take this this baby that you've made, this thing that you've done and really enjoy it and and, 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 and take it into their homes. It's true. It, it, yeah, it, it really um, I, I wouldn't have expected it to go like this. Did you did you find a moment where you had to pinch yourself? Like like did you have to say to your wife, like, honey, is can you read that sales figure? Is it does it really say that or am I just am I just seeing things? No, no. Instead what I've tried to do is like 
if it's my turn to do the dishes, I'll be like, do you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) Then she'll slap me. (laughs) I did notice. I'm going to check this. This is very important. I I should have wrote wrote this down in my in my notes. But um, your book, the new one, which we're going to talk about in a second. um, I love that there are so many so many categories. Now, I just want to say you're you're a best-selling author. Now, I don't know if you knew this or not, but you're a best-selling author slumming it on the adventure jogger. So that's a that's a <laughs> because let me find it here. Oh God, where is it? Just give me one minute, folks. You're probably like, you should have figured this out beforehand, Pluckelman. There it is. Okay. You are number one right now, Corey. I don't know if you knew this. You are the number one new release in extreme sports on amazon yeah sweet so So i don't have to do the dishes tonight no you're like honey i don't know if you know who you're dealing with here but i'm the number (laughs) one best-selling author in extreme sports on amazon Corey reese do you do book readings for her (laughs) (laughs) i'll ask her if she wants me to after after the show get a podium set up put on Uh your best turtleneck you yeah. gotta you gotta look yeah. the part. You gotta have the uh-huh. turtleneck on and then the the uh the sports coat with the leather patches on the yes. elbows. Yeah, I've got four of those in my closet. <laughs> I, I, can, I can do it. <laughs> so that, so then you do your next book, Into the Furnace, and that is your experience at Badwater, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, so it it is, but I also there's so much more about that race Mm -hmm. so i wanted to kind of write about like who the pioneers who originally crossed death valley and then this guy al arnold who was the first one to run that bad water route and um just kind of his experiences and then the time i was able to spend with him so that's all in the book so what made you decide to want to do bad water because bad water to me looks like I've never looked at that race and seen pictures of people frying on the side of the road in Death Valley and going, damn, I got to get me some of that. <laughs> what was it, Corey, that made you go like, I need me some bad water in my life? Yeah. Well, I had run a bunch of hundred milers up to that point. And, and it wasn't that I was good at hundred milers or uh, I, I guess I just kind of knew they were, they felt kind of safe to me. Like I, yeah. I, I knew what to expect. I knew how bad I was going to hurt. Um, I knew how hard they were going to be. And bad water just seemed like, I don't even know what to expect with that. How am I even capable of it? How bad is it? How hard is it? Is it really the world's toughest foot race? It, I was just kind of intrigued by all those things. Then you, you paid the money, you sign up, you write a good book about it. And that <laughs> brings us to your new book, which I think is something that is need to have been written for a while. Because there is definitely a lot of people in this sport that will battle depression at some point during their running life, during their careers. I mean, Rob Crar made that famous video about battling depression as he's yeah. as he's doing the the rim to rim and how mm-hmm. interesting that was and how gritty and raw that was. And um, I did get a chance to read the book. Thank you for that copy. Um, I, I loved it. I thought it was just so raw and so intimate and something that I think people, for whatever reason, Corey, people aren't afraid to talk about if they've got a heart issue 
or if they're if if they pulled their hamstring. You know, no one's going to be like, I don't want to talk about pulling my hamstring because people are going to look at me weird. But we still have this strange stigma attached to, to mental health. You know, for whatever reason, the brain, we look at that as kind of off limits. Oh, if someone's brain's not functioning properly, there's something bad about that person or people whisper in the corner. And yeah. so being open and talking about it, I, th- I think is great. The more, the less we can, we can stigmatize mental health and mental illness. I think the more people will be likely to, to get help and realize that, you know, I'm not the only one battling this stuff. There's a lot of people doing this and there's nothing wrong with, 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 uh, with getting some help for this, but let's kind of dive in to your experience writing this book. Cause it all kind of started with a health issue, Corey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of years ago, I just was feeling crappy and um, just not, I was always tired. I, my stomach always hurt. I, I just felt crappy. So yeah. my doctor drew some, drew a bunch of labs. And, and so I, I had this appointment with him and he said, he said, I'm sorry to tell you this, but it looks like you have this thing called CVID, it's common variable immunodeficiency disorder. Yeah. It sounded like he sneezed really fast when he said it. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I do not want to hear my doctor say anything that starts with, I'm sorry. That's, that's not comforting. Like, no. that, that doesn't make me feel, I, can we just stop now? Can I leave? I don't want to hear what you're going to say next. Because so, it's, never, it's never, I'm sorry, we couldn't find anything. <laughs> And so we're not right. going to bill you. This is all those tests were free on us. They never say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is not what he said. So basically the long and short of it is that my immune system is shitty. It doesn't work. So yeah. I have to do these. I had to start these. Um, they're kind of like, um, kind of like plasma immunoglobulin infusions. And I have to do them every week. And I am such a baby when it comes to needles i i pass out when i get my blood drawn i'm i'm just the biggest sissy and we could we could do a whole podcast on my needle phobia and it'd be great so when he said you have to do these every week for the rest of your life i'm like oh no so i started doing those and um had a few like pass out moments but basically it it felt to me kind of like this crazy disease was trying to steal running away from me. Right. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't train. I couldn't run the way I used to. Um, so yeah, it was kind of discouraging. I think, you know, it's so funny cause <clears throat> running is something that if you stay with it for a long time, you ebb and you flow. Right. And then you have, great training cycles you're in incredible shape and then you have a year where you're just in crappy shape and it's just you know, or or things happen a job moves or or an illness and i think the the biggest problem that at least i get into um is comparing myself to past super in shape ryan and and letting that rob me of the joy of the miles that i have now like you know you finish up a run you go like well geez uh two years ago that would have been two minutes a mile faster you know and it kind of robs you of the joy of the accomplishment right right instead of just being thankful like i got i was out here i got i got some miles in today Mm -hmm. yeah you do that comparison is 
bad. So you make this, you know, you have to adjust your life at this point, Corey. You have to find a new way to work ultra running into your life with this this health issue. I'm sure that was a lot of trial and error. Yeah, for sure. I just feel like I've gained so much from ultra running and trail running and running. I, I didn't, I mean, even... I, I can I can honestly say this, even though I have written books about it and blogs and whatever, mm-hmm. I I mean a runner is part of my identity, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's all of my identity. So so to me the discouraging part wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna lose my identity, because I I have like connections it loves and passions in other areas. But I just really love running i i really love ultra running and the people and the the experience the scenery the 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 process of being completely broken down and and seeing seeing yourself in that position i didn't want to let that go so you make that work you 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 have to you have to there's a new Corey reese ultra runner you have to call ultra sign up and say hey can you take down all my stats yeah, I want to like wipe my wipe my my profile clean because yep. there's a brand new Corey Reese who has to stick himself in the gut with a needle every right. week, and that guy runs a bit slower than the old guy. Right, redo. <laughs> right, you sign up under under a slightly modified spelling of your name. Okay, the undercover boss thing. Like, <laughs> it all you're comes, onto something. It all comes back to that, right? Yes. Um, something else though, because it's not just. Um, this 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 uh, illness that you're dealing with, and this is something that I really appreciated in the in the book, Corey. As someone who's had a crisis of faith myself, um, those are those can be real big. Those can be doozies, Corey. Those are those are not little. Eh, I'm skipping church on Sunday. Those yeah. are life shattering things. You having to deal with all this, all of a sudden you're dealing with a crisis of faith as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, both my wife and I grew up in the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. We're super active our whole lives. And then the, a couple of years ago, we, we had that faith crisis and it felt like the, the rug got ripped out from under us. And that, that definitely was like, oh, I do have to reshape my identity now because my whole life, Everything, my everything has been based on my beliefs with this church. Mm-hmm. What was it for you? I'll, 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 do you want me to go first? What, sure. Okay. The moment for me, this was the, this was the moment that, and I, and, and I don't think it's, I don't think there's a breaking point. I think there's certain, you start walking down a path that's maybe a parallel path to what you were doing before and you're, you're exposed to new ideas and new concepts and you stumble upon a book and someone, you know, points you in the right direction. So I've, I've considered myself always spiritually to be a seeker and, uh, you know, I've, I've read a lot of, of Joseph Campbell who I don't, I don't I don't know if you're familiar with Joseph Campbell. I haven't heard of him. Um, he was a, a professor at Sarah Lawrence College, and his big thing was comparative mythology. Okay. He's, he's the guy who came up with the hero's journey that George okay. Lucas based Star Wars on. Mm-hmm. So a great introductory book to the, the, the kind of the world of Joseph Campbell is The Power of Myth 
which is a book version of a series he did on PBS with Bill Moyers. It's, it's really fascinating. That he also awesome. Yeah, it's really good stuff. He also wrote a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And he mm-hmm. kind of, it's comparative mythology. And all of these stories that we grew up with appear in all these other mythologies, right? And it's yep. like, it's like, ooh, that's, that's interesting. So I really got heavy into Joseph Campbell. And then, and then you know, I, I was, uh, you know, turned on to Alan Watts, who was a, a philosopher um, yeah. from the 60s and 70s. I think he drank more than he philosophized, but he had some really fantastic books, you know, The Way of Zen and, and the book. And so I, I kind of had all these things in my life. But I remember sitting down at some point because I was a person who went to church every single Sunday, uh, just about, just about, I mean, if we missed one, it was because we overslept. But I remember sitting to myself, I was, I was, I read a book by uh, a, a pastor. His name is Rob Bell and it's called Love Wins. Um, it, it, he, it's some really interesting stuff. It, it's stuff that got him kicked out of his church. Like he's no longer a, a pastor of a denomination anymore because he was kicked out because of the ideas in this book. But I remember thinking to myself, is there anything that someone could do that would be worth not one year of torture, not 10 years of torture, not 100 years of torture, not 1,000 years of torture, not a million years of torture, but torture eternal is Eternity. there anything Eternity. that 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 would be worth that and i remember that question popped in my head and i was like oh god and i could just hear almost the whole my whole world shatter behind me and i i was i it was a very very dark time of like oh shit now i will yes. say I do believe that spirituality is something that everybody experiences for themselves i think there's a whole lot of of, of avenues and, and ways. And I think it's an important thing to have in your life and people approach it um, different ways. Um, I, I like Joseph Campbell's definition of the word myth. We tend to look at the word myth now as, as a lie or an untruth or a fairy tale. He, he refers to myth as the penultimate truth. They're stories that help us understand things that we can't comprehend. So as I, I kind of look at all of it uh, kind of that way, but I remember just... God, there were a couple years of my life where I was, I felt lost and like, oh my God, like you were saying, this is a big part of my identity. And now I've got, I've got to discover who the hell is Ryan Pluckelman now that he doesn't have this in his life. So I went first, Corey. So to set all that up uh, for you, what was that? What was the point? What was the breaking point for you? Gosh, you, you described it perfectly. Um, Damn it, we're the same person, Corey. <laughs> buy, buy Corey and I's new book. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, yeah. Like, for me, I it, in the Mormon church, you're kind of taught, like, the, the way it is. Right. And, and don't, don't look at outside stuff because it's anti-Mormon and it's of Satan and it's wrong and you yeah. shouldn't look don't question um and and i came across this article from the bbc about um joseph smith the the prophet who created the mormon church and Mm -hmm. said the the mormon church is now admitting that joseph smith had like 34 wives i'm like wait what i've never i've never heard that before like in all our 
teachings and lessons and everything they talk about joseph smith's wife emma and yeah. and and suddenly like what what's going on and and then um that this is probably a lot of stuff that only mormons will understand but I, a friend of mine so that so that was like oh they're Okay, maybe I'm not being told the whole like, story. Wait a minute, that wasn't in the books we had in Sunday That's school. Not in the books. Yeah. So then a friend said, I, I mentioned that, and a friend said, "Have you read the CES letter?" And I said, "I don't even know what that is. Right. I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah. So I googled it that night, and it's basically um, a, a lot of issues related to church history mm-hmm. that are not what we had been taught before ever yeah. and we had always been told that they were anti-mormon and not true but this ces letter this this letter or book that this guy wrote he had like footnotes for everything where he referred back to all of the church literature stuff that they kind of keep hidden and so it was like well it's not anti-mormon because it links back to the church right website stuff. yeah and it just was like i I feel like I have been lied to. Like I, I don't. I haven't been showed shown the the complete picture. So I based my entire life on a partial story, and there's a lot of shady stuff from the past that they kept covered up. And it it just was like. And then and then I the more I looked into it, the more I studied, uh, it just I realized there's it, it's not it's not what I was told. It's a low place too. It's it's agonizing. It was it was pure hell. It's devastating. It is because you're like, my God, my whole life. And now there's this new this new avenue has presented itself and change is always scary. I mean, some people embrace it better than others, but, you know, and it was easier for me, Corey, because, you know, I, I grew up Lutheran. I dabbled in Episcopalianism, which is all great, but they're basically the same. I mean, it's a smells and bells, you know, that's what it is. And so I just, you know, you don't go to church anymore. They take you off the registration and, and it's and it's no big deal. You had to, this was in the book, you had to get a lawyer to to, to separate yourself from the church. That So you had to do, I just stopped showing up, Corey. I had a little, I had a way easier than you. Yeah, it's it's really complicated, especially living in Utah because it's a predominantly Mormon state, and and so our friends and neighbors, and I mean, there are a lot of Mormon people, and so you you can't just like stop going because they'll come and visit yeah. and try to rescue and bring you back and fellowship, and so yeah, we we ended up deciding to. Um, resign from the church so is this interesting like this process it is no it is interesting i will say that my uncle barry barry solomon lives out in uh just outside of salt lake city utah and he likes to loudly proclaim he's like i'm the only jew in this damn state (laughs) (laughs) he says that all the time Utah has one? <laughs> There's one. He's my uncle. Oh, he's my nice. uncle. I don't know nice. if you met him. You know him. <laughs> he's my you uncle. You know him. <laughs> We're related by marriage. Oh, crazy. <laughs> so to resign from the church, you can you can just like submit a letter to your local bishop and say, I want to resign, but 
I, I've heard so, so, so many stories about um, they won't do it unless you go meet with the bishop and the bishop tries to convince you and tell yeah. you to, to. It's like trying to think. return that car you just bought that your wife is like, we do not need a convertible. You bring that it back and the salesperson's it. like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You can totally fit your groceries in the back there. That's yeah. exactly it. Or people would send in letters and they would get lost, like mm -hmm. no response. So this guy, Mark Noggle, is an attorney and left the church a long time ago. And mm -hmm. and he, he just recognized, like, this is BS, that it, it shouldn't be this hard to leave right. the church. Yeah. And so he he started this website called quit mormon where you can you can send him the information your personal information and he becomes your lawyer he like represents you to the church to say this is my client will you please remove their records with and not have a meeting with the bishop not have the fellowship yeah. like can we just do it and what's crazy this guy is an attorney he charges nothing for this wow. and he does thousands of them each year and so it, it's yeah it's really incredible what he does uh, that part of the that part of the of the book floored me because i was like man i just listen Corey, i should have told you ahead of time you just go to be a lutheran you just stop showing up but that didn't work out for you but it's a fascinating part of the book and i just want to reiterate when it comes to spirituality again i feel everybody is on their own path and i do not yes. have the ultimate experience in the universe um, I'm just kind of doing what brings me joy and you know you do what brings you joy and if we're not hurting anybody all in the end I think we're we're all good I've got some wonderful friends that are in the LDS church and uh, you know I've interviewed some fantastic people uh, in that church I think it's a yes it's a very thank a, you that's so important to to say that they they do so much good and mm -hmm. they are amazing people the members are incredible my family and I mean very close family and friends like it it and it works for people mm -hmm. and i i say exactly the same if it's working for you do it exactly and if it's not yep if it's not like there's i i guess what i came to realize is that there's not one definition of spirituality no there's lots of definitions right and i it took me like 40 years to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Yep. But all, all different paths. And uh, we're all kind of trying to figure this out uh, on our own. No one's getting out of here alive. So we might as well figure things out the best we can and, and, and live a life of joy. But those two things, those devastating things. And so you fall, you fall into kind of a, a, a pretty big funk of depression yeah. at this point. Yeah. And I, it, it was so weird because that's just not me. Yeah, I, I'm a normally optimistic, happy, echoing person. It, I had never experienced anything like that before. So it, it hit me hard. And then you have to do this race. You signed up because apparently bad water wasn't enough. You had to sign up for a ridiculous race in my neck of the woods, Vol State. So you're dealing with sticking needles in your gut. Your 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 world has been rocked by the by the uh, by the by the crisis of faith. Oh, and now you've got to run 314 miles uh, through rural Tennessee in the middle of July. Boy, right. it's just one thing after another, isn't it, Corey? <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any point, Corey, where you were like, listen, I got, I'm sticking needles in my gut. My world is shattered. I do not need to go to Tennessee and, and stumble through 
314 miles i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna bail on this thing no actually i i I mean it was it was a little i guess there was a point where it was like do i do this is this like just adding insult to injury is this a bad idea but once i decided like okay i'm i'm gonna give it a shot it was it was all in what was your experience at vol state i've heard so many people and interviewed so many people where it's life-changing and i know they, they say every race is life-changing but i've heard vol state changes you in ways that no other race really does i would say that's accurate i i had done dozens of 100 milers and bad water and a 205 miler they just don't even come close to what those 314 miles across tennessee are like um yeah it really wore me down to the core like a a part of me that i did not know existed and and i don't i don't know if you can find that anywhere else like i'm not i'm not advocating anyone go out and run 314 miles but just the lessons that i learned and the experience that i had it's kind of like for me personally maybe i'm just stubborn i don't know if i would have come to those conclusions if i hadn't just been stripped bare by that race what did you discover about yourself out on the road Corey? here's the biggest thing um <laughs> so i i went out with my friends jeff and carol manwaring and and we we did the we didn't plan to run together um but by the second day we met up and and we ended up spending the rest of the time together and i got to this point um i think it was the sixth or seventh day yeah and i my my blisters were just so horrible that i i i had a hard time walking across the street and carol said do you want me to help you with your blisters i can help and I'm just so prideful. Like I, I don't want to. I'm good. Like I'm a tough. I'm a tough male ultra runner. Like, I don't know if you know this or not, but I am the yeah. number one author in extreme sports on Amazon. Okay, yeah. I could pop yeah. my own blisters, lady. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so desperate that I'm like, oh, okay. I'm I'm gonna do it because I don't know how I'm gonna get the last fifty miles. I my feet hurt so bad yeah well that that was like the the light switch for me like okay it's okay to ask for help to let other people help you to be vulnerable to admit that you don't have to do everything by yourself so i just sat down on these stairs and and um i I don't know if it was the sleep deprivation or the extreme pain or the heat or whatever my brain was fried but i just started sobbing and while she was sitting there fixing my blisters and carol is just the most kind-hearted in tune she's just an incredible person and and she looked up and and i i tried to like not let her see me crying right she looked up and my i i was doing like the ugly cry but trying to be quiet about it and then i see her crying and it was just like a really um i don't know that was that was 
it, it felt like that's why I did Ball State was for that moment right there. Was to, to teach yourself that you don't have to bear all of this on your own. You don't have to carry all of this weight that the community is there and, the, and, and there's people that can help shoulder the load. Totally. Okay. So I've just made this so heavy. Do you want, do you want me to talk about like when I threw up at, outside of the subway or I, I think um, we got to, we got to mention that Corey. I mean, this is the adventure jogger, <laughs> you know, people are going to be like, what is this? Is this rich roll? Is this trail runner nation? No, this is the podcast you no. download when they don't have any new episodes. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Let's, let's, um, yeah, the, okay. Do you want to know the subway story? Yeah, we got to hear the subway story. I, okay, we've we've, so we've I, covered a lot of heavy shit, Corey. This is the yeah, heaviest now, podcast we've okay, ever had. Okay, you know? move on. <laughs> no, no, I do want to go back. No, because we haven't got to the. I, oh, no, I, I, know. I Yeah, I but know. but please let let's share the subway story, Corey. Let's let everyone okay. have a break. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Intermission. <laughs> we will return we to depression the- talks very soon. <laughs> now, a story about vomit. <laughs> I think it was the second day. Okay. So I got to Parsons Crossing in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I don't know. I, I knew that I was hungry. It was the second day and yeah. I hadn't eaten very much. And um, so I thought, well, I like Subway and I like tuna sandwiches. And it's a hundred and million degrees outside we thought a tuna sandwich was a good idea on the side of the road i I, well i thought that was going to work out okay so (laughs) i get into the subway and and i'm like "Uh uh-oh my uh uh-oh my stomach does not feel good and and so she she said what would you like and i said a a foot-long tuna sandwich and it was like right when i said the word tuna my my stomach just lurched like <laughs> what in the hell are you doing and so she's like do you want any chips no 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 do you want any cookies no no i, I really just need to get the sandwich and get out of your restaurant yeah. right now or else you're gonna have a cleanup on aisle nine <laughs> so i did i did make it out of the subway before before the dry heaving i mean that that was even before i ate the tuna sandwich so good lord yeah that was a bad idea note to self don't don't order tuna sandwiches during races no and that's day two i would expect that maybe day six but day two you're like i think i'm gonna have a tuna sandwich on on the side of the road Corey. Rookie, rookie move all right now Corey, i i often say that i do not trust an adult or i do not trust anyone who has not shit their pants as an adult. And in the world of ultra running, that happens more often than in regular. I mean, it's like two plate, like mm-hmm. it doesn't happen very often, but in the world of ultra yeah. running, it happens more than in the general population. Corey Reese, have you ever shit your pants as an adult? As an adult, I will say on the first day of fall state, I came really really close and i if there hadn't been a cornfield right next to us yeah i'm sorry for the farmer over over there but that was that was that was the only time that i at least let's see so aside from ball state i mean there's been plenty plenty times that have come really really close but you've not had to wash your shorts out Um, in a puddle um no, I, oh, I will tell you that um, about two weeks ago, I was 
on a run, just a, a run in the morning. And um, I got, I, it was like, I was doing like a four miler. So I got out to two miles and yeah. I came to turn around and I'm like, uh oh, uh oh. It's a coming. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> it's coming. So I will tell you that I, I hurried home as fast as I could and even as close as across the street I I was short like I could see my house from across the street yeah and I thought this is this is it this is this is my time <laughs> it's it's happening but it I, it didn't happen I don't know I don't know you have incredible mind over matter the, that's that's what it is you've done some <laughs> tough things Corey you've seen some shit you know, you, you, you had a crisis of faith. You got to shoot your innards right. with, with needles. You haven't. Maybe, maybe that's yeah. your your thing. Maybe that CVID that you have gives you incredible control mm-hmm. control over your over your bowels. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't See, wait. I, I'm I can't not a wait. great runner, but I have I have bowel control. Yeah, that's that's all you need. I can't wait for two I'm years not, from I'm now. I'm not fast. No, but you but you can control your 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 poop. I can't wait for two yeah. years from now when I get to do. Welcome everybody, to the adventure jogger. You know my guest. He's the author of such books. Nowhere near first. Into the furnace. Stronger than the dark. And his new book available now. Yes, I finally shipped my pants. It's Corey Reese. <laughs> It's great to be with you. And now I want to hear your story. <laughs> you asked for it. Um, it was it was at it was at the Ozark 100. Uh, my stomach turned the last 20 miles, and um, I was I had I had to go all the time. It was I, I probably could have mm-hmm. shaved 30 minutes off my finish time. I just didn't have to stop so much, and and I I I pulled and missed and got some in there, so it was kind of a mess. So I don't I didn't full oh, on full okay. on shit my pants, but I got yeah. a, plenty, a lot in there. I the, those those uh, <laughs> those shorts were needed to be washed a couple of times through the through the deep cycle. If you know what I mean, I put two Tide pods in there. Anytime you're throwing two Tide pods into the wash, you know there's some serious funk going yeah, on. You know it's so. My friend said. Going into the race, he said, "So, are you gonna are you gonna get bloody nipples first, or are you gonna shit your pants first? Or <laughs> no, I, I'm not gonna do any of those." And he said, "Oh, you'll you'll do all of those." So I, I didn't though. Well, you really didn't even experience it, Corey. <laughs> take that take that finisher shirt off and and send it back. Um, okay, so enough of enough. Problem is that. Oh, go ahead. Well, at Vol State, you only have one pair of shorts, so you you can't uh, be pooping in your pants. No, you don't have a backup. No, you have to pick a race and just do that. Now, this is gonna be Corey's yeah. britches uh, shitting race. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just to experience that in your life. Okay, now we've turned off all the serious Corey Reese fans. Uh, let's go back real quick because I think it is important, Corey. Um, you actually. Dealing with this depression, you went and saw somebody and started started you know, talking through some issues and some other things came up and you really benefited from just talking to somebody. Yeah, the the crazy thing is that I was I was embarrassed about and maybe ashamed about going to therapy. Yeah, 
um, because I just felt like, again, I should be able to handle this on my own. But here's the thing. I am a social worker. I don't, I don't have a stigma toward anyone going toward going to therapy or getting help. Like your I whole like job is helping people. I, I, yes, I, I've done therapy and yet I was like, hesitant i was scared to do it myself isn't that crazy to think that your job every day you're like you know you really should see someone you say that all the time and you're not judging you're not driving home and going like man them people crazy you're just like you need to see somebody and talk it out and then when you have to actually go talk to somebody you're like oh no scary (laughs) so it gave me a new respect for like it, it that really is hard to to admit like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go talk to someone but it did end up being just hugely helpful i i was able to get with an awesome therapist social worker and so it was cool we could just talk i mean partly talk about social work stuff and then partly dive into my box of horrors from my life but no it was it was good it's, it's, a, it's a great part of the book, too, and, and all the things you encounter. I don't want to give the whole book away. Listen, people, just because Corey gave me a free copy does not mean you get a free copy. You got to go buy it. <laughs> it's Stronger Than the Dark. It's available right now on Amazon or in bookstores. But no, it was, it, and, and I, I, I like it because, again, you're putting it out there, and in your, you know, you're, it, it's, it, it presents it in a way where it's okay. A lot of us deal with a lot of crap in our lives, you know? And I think a lot of us, too, we, we run ultras to kind of escape that a little bit. You know, to if I'm tough enough to, to run 100 miles, I'm tough enough to handle whatever I'm, I'm handling now. But you realize, again, I always think that the community of ultra running is its best part. Like the yeah. friendships you make and the people you meet along the trail. I, I that's I boy, if it was just you ran by yourself all the time. I don't think it's the same. I think it's just that the community of, of ultra running is, is, is makes it what it is. And, and you can lean on people, right? You can, you're, you're dealing with some shit and you're uh, having some crummy miles, you know, you're like, yeah. Oh God. And then you come across somebody who has a great story and you, you share some miles and all of a sudden you're running again and you're smiling mm-hmm. and you're just, you're able to share in their joy and they bring you out of a dark spot and you can bring them out of a dark spot. So I think that's great. And I think, yeah, but you don't have to, you don't have to do all, that alone you don't have to hold all that hold all that in i will say one thing i do hate Corey, is when people you know the, the it's, it's a meme you see quite a bit on facebook like oh you're depressed get a pair of running shoes and go out running the woods stop posting that bullshit okay it may work for some people some people may just need a little exercise to feel better but we cannot you cannot cure all depression with a pair of brightly colored neon running shoes you know, there's different avenues for that. Sometimes that works. Some people need therapy. Some people need medication. Let's not just 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 dismiss it by saying, "Oh, you're depressed. Go run outside in the woods." Yeah, yeah. And then you come to find out, like, oh, you can't outrun depression. No, all the time. Sometimes you need some extra help. Sometimes yeah. you need a person that's outside looking in saying like, well, you know, Corey, did you ever think about this? And then you can go, oh, snap. I didn't, I didn't think of that. It's true. This, this therapist that I went to, Stacy, like, again, I've been a social worker for 20 years. I've yeah. been a therapist. Like, I know this stuff. But sitting with her 
it, and it, so many times it was like, Hey, have you looked at this or have you looked at it this yeah. way? And it really was like, uh, no, I had never thought of that. Well, cause you're in it all the time. Sometimes you need that person that's looking at it from, from above to go, you know, to, to point things out that you may not have even thought of. Where are you at now, Corey? emotionally spiritually all that stuff where is Corey reese uh right now good question so i didn't want to i guess i wanted to wait until i felt like i was in a good place before putting the book out yeah. i wanted to feel like i had maybe come out the other side of that darkness so i i feel i feel good right now i also recognize that depression isn't something that like oh sweet i went to a therapist right and now i'm fixed problem solved problem solved thanks yeah like i i know that life has ups and downs and i will continue to have ups and downs but i feel good right now physically eh. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> Still putting needles in your gut, I see. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Corey Reese, his new book, Stronger Than the Dark, exploring the intimate relationship between running and depression is available everywhere right now. Corey, thank you for this 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 great chat. Thank you, Ryan. I, I have had a blast talking to you. I I love your podcast. Oh, that, wow. Listen, so so I was going to tell you, um, when I first got into running, I listened to every every running podcast, running, 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 only running. Yeah. And then in 2019, I, um, I set this goal to read or listen to 100 books. And so I, I, anytime I was running, I, I stopped listening to podcasts completely. Yeah. yeah. And, and ever since then, I have um, just been listening to books and hardly any podcasts but then you and i got hooked up and then I'm like okay i gotta listen to some i love your podcast i love your sense of humor and your the community that you have created like i'm in i'm 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 a fan. I'm in. Oh, wow. That's high praise, Corey, because you didn't have to. I mean, you're just doing some research for, you know, you're like, ah, I'm going to talk to this guy. I've never heard of this. I might as well listen to an episode to see what this dork is all about. Then I listened to a bunch of them and like, yeah, I I like you. I think I, I'm thankful for what you're doing for the running community. Wow. Corey, I'm going to I'm going to. I, I don't have a book to put that on the back sleeve of, but if I did, I would totally put that on there. Corey, that's very nice. Thank you for saying that. You can put it on, on the back of our book. Oh, okay. The, our yes. Book that's coming out. Yes. The, the, the one that's out. Yeah. <laughs> Corey Reese, go get the book, everybody. Yeah. Download it. It's worth Let's get this thing to the best selling, not just on extreme sports, but all sports in general. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Let's uh, Tiger Woods biography. <laughs> we don't need no Tiger Woods. Yeah. We need more Corey Reese in there. All right, everybody. AdventureJogger.com. All the back episodes. Adventure Jogger gear and more. Thanks for listening. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search the Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.